This past summer, I got to do a little bit of fishing with the kids. If you saw our Christmas greeting video, you will have noticed that uh, Hannah, our three-year-old, said that she loves fishing. And when she said that, she was remembering a particular opportunity that we had to uh, fish in Rabbit Blanket Lake, just uh, outside of Wawa. And we spent a number of days at a campground there. And we found this great fishing spot. It was right beside a beaver dam. And given that it was a that kind of area with all of the different branches and, and deadwood and whatnot, it was a prime spot to catch some fish. Now these weren't big fish, they were a little fish, but when you're three years old, and in, in Hannah's eyes, any fish is super exciting. So we, uh, we paddled out there, and there was, there was a problem though. It was fairly windy, and because of the wind, it meant that there were a reasonable amount of waves. And in order to catch these fish, we had to be pretty close into the, the beaver dam. And so we'd get all set up and we'd drop our lines in, but it wouldn't be long until because of the waves around us, we would drift off into another area, drift away from this prime fishing spot. We drift into deeper water. And when you're three years old, you don't have the patience to, uh, to wait in deeper water for maybe a bigger, better fish. You wanna catch those, those little ones. And, and to give her credit, Hannah did a fine, job uh, she uh, the one fish she did catch she uh, she held and she uh, she was totally comfortable with that she even holds the worms as we put them on the hook she's a, a brave little one so we found this prime spot we did catch one fish but it caused a lot of trouble because we would just get settled in and we would drift further further away and I'd have to paddle back and then settle in and have to just keep paddling and maneuvering to stay in the one spot and then we drift further and our lines would cross with one another and then we would just have complete chaos as we fished out of our canoe. But this fact that we were drifting was causing a lot of difficulty. It required us to paddle. And it also required uh, what would have been helpful would have been having an anchor. Now, when I got our canoe, there was an anchor. There was a concrete, a round concrete block attached to a rope. And I, you drop it down, you, you stay located in one place, regardless of how windy or wavy it might be. Now, when I got that, I was like, wow, I don't think I need this. And so I pitched it onto our, our pile of concrete rubble in the backyard back by the, the creek. So we didn't have that anchor. So I had to paddle furiously to stay in the one spot so that we wouldn't drift. Now, this idea of drifting, I think, is a very apt metaphor. It's a really suitable image for this time that we're in with covid 19. We continue to be in this season. And I thought, you know what, we, we just finished uh, Soul Care, our Becoming Whole series. We finished kind of an Advent series of, of messages and we're going to be jumping into, into Philippians soon. But I thought before we pause, I want to take a moment to regather ourselves, to consider what does it mean to walk with God in this COVID season that we are in. And I think that this idea of not drifting is a crucial reminder in this time. My mind is drawn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And in this, the writer says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we don't drift off. Pay careful attention to what we've heard, so that we don't drift off. So here we are back in another lockdown for a few more weeks where we are facing restrictions. We can't gather for worship in person. Our ministries can't be in person. Lots of the different clubs and activities that you're used to are, are back to online or not existing at all. The kids are taking a couple of extra weeks at home before they go back to school. And it stinks. None of us wanted to be 
in this situation again here in January 2021. I know when the when the announcement was made there back on a uh, number of days before Christmas and, and the first night it was announced, I was like, okay, you know, not a big deal. I figured this was coming. We can, we can do this. It's all right. And the next day I was grumpy, just grumpy. Everything seemed horrible and I was not being exceedingly kind to the people around me. And as I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Like I am carrying kind of the, the stress, the discouragement, the disappointment of being in another lockdown for the next number of weeks, the way that things that was shifting, the things I was hoping for, the idea of being kind of stuck at home, just us as our, our family for a few more weeks. I was feeling kind of discouraged about that. And I imagine that those emotions fit for many of you also as you face the reality that we are going to be in lockdown for a while. And so I was asking God, like, how, how do I live in light of this? And I was asking God for us as a church, for those of you who may be joining, um, maybe you're not a part of our church, but you're joining, you're seeking to know where God is in the midst of this. I felt God saying these words, don't drift. Don't drift from Hebrews chapter 2. It's so easy to drift. Drifting happens when we're completely unaware you know you think of sitting in a boat and you you drift and then all of a sudden whether it's five minutes later or half an hour later all of a sudden you look around and you think good heavens how did I ever get here you've drifted because you were not actively paddling to stay where you want to be because you did not put an anchor down in the place that you wanted to be this is a metaphor for life if we don't paddle if we don't actively engage if we don't seek God if we don't seek to love others we can quickly drift and then we look around and we say good heavens how did I get here? And we realize we're not where we want to be spiritually. We're not where we want to be relationally. We have drifted into area that is destructive, into area that's damaging because we've not been paddling. And so we receive these words from God, don't drift. And I invite you now in the next number of minutes to consider with me, what does it mean to live out this text? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, we must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. And he's in this, in the context, he's referring to the teachings of the scriptures, to the gospel of Jesus Christ that they've received. We have to pay careful attention to that gospel so that we don't drift off. How are we going to heed the warning of this text in the next little while? What do I need to pay attention to so that I might not drift? Well, what does God ask of us in life? The most simple, kind of succinct, boiled down kind of uh, call or invitation of what thriving human life looks like we can find in Matthew chapter 23 verse 7 well-known verse where Jesus says love the Lord your God with all of your heart all of your soul all of your mind this is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself love God love others simply put. Now, Mike Breen and the 3DM Discipleship folks, they kind of put this into three really helpful categories. They've got these three categories that we have to pay attention to to have healthy relationships. The first one is the up category. Up. How are we in terms of our relating to God? The second one is in. How are we relating to those around us, close to us in Christian community? And then out. How are we relating to those in the world around us, those the community around us, those we're connected to, but don't know God personally, aren't Christian sisters and brothers in the family of God? So we'll use those categories to define us. Up with God and then 
And then they, so love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And strength, that's the up. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And then Mike Breen, the 3DM folks, divide it into these kind of two categories of in, Christian community, out, the world around us. So we're going to use those three categories. Jesus is someone who lived out this relationship of up with the Father. And he is our example. He didn't drift. He paddled. He kept pursuing God relentlessly. A number of weeks back, a friend of mine, we were in a group and we were sharing Kairos moments. We were sharing what God has been saying to us. And this person said, you know what? Like I've I've noticed that a number of my relationships with people around me have been out of whack lately. Like things just aren't aren't sinking. There's there's a little bit of, um, it's just out of sync. And they said, God spoke to them through some other teaching saying, you know what? It's because your relationship with me isn't as close as it ought to be. And because of that, the other things are out of sync. And so it's this reminder that when we're connected with God, it works itself out well in all the other areas of our lives. When our relationship with God is strong, the other relationships in our lives will be strong. Jesus knew this. We're going to be looking at the example of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, where Jesus lives out the the up, the in, and the out um, very well within a kind of a few verses all tightly um, tied together. So Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Jesus knew how critical it was to hear the Father's voice. It is so easy to drift in this department, to drift in our relationship with God. You know this full well. I personally have experienced this without a doubt. It is so easy to drift in our relationship with God. When life is hard, we seek the cozy. We seek to appeal to pleasure. We gravitate toward what is easy. We eat too much. We sleep too much, we drink too much, we watch too much, we gossip too much, maybe we work too much. Whatever the too much is for you, there's all these ways when we feel anxiety and stress that we drift toward to to appease these negative feelings that we're feeling and we drift away from God. All of these destructive patterns begin to take over as we drift. All of these things we do too much And we sit in quietness with God too little. I'm going to keep saying it. You'll have heard me say this in the last number of weeks in a variety of ways. It's in times like this, unsettled seasons, that God is speaking the loudest. There's a potential for God to do the most significant work in our lives. You're feeling pain. You're feeling frustration. Are you going to seek to numb it with all of these other too muches, with all of these ways that we seek what is cozy and pleasurable? Or are you going to feel that pain? Are you going to embrace it as a gift from God that's saying, hey, things are out of sync in your life. There's areas in which you need to grow stronger into the, God, the love of God. And are you going to use it as a guide to be with God and let Him do your work? And so I ask that you would not drift, but that you would choose to paddle toward God by spending time with him. The simple solution. It's simple and yet so incredibly difficult. And honestly, I have no idea why this is so difficult. Well, maybe I have a bit of an idea. I think it's a spiritual battle. So simple, but so challenging. Make space to be with God. All kinds of great ways to do it. Maybe it's you sit down with your coffee after breakfast. 
I'm taking 15 minutes. I'm just going to be with God. You go out for a walk. There's all kinds of apps. Some of you use the Our Daily Bread booklet. You can check out the Our Daily Bread website. There's an Our Daily Bread app with some scripture and then a devotional to read through. Two other excellent resources. She Reads Truth or He Reads Truth. Go to their website. It's all free on their website. Or you can get their app where some of it is free. And then there's other reading plans that you can download for a small a small price. But take advantage of these tools to sit and to be with God. Honestly, I don't care what way, shape, or form it looks like. But what will it look like for you daily, every single day, to commit to, I'm going to be with God. Some of you, this is old hat. Some of you have done it at points. Some of you have never really done this. Don't drift. Start paddling. I don't care what it looks like. Sit with God. Take 15 minutes. I'm going to read a bit of scripture. I'm going to pray a bit. And then I'm going to sit in silence and let God speak. Get paddling so that you don't drift in your up relationship with God. The next area to consider is the in dimension. The in dimension. Being in community with those around us. Again, Jesus lived this out. So we just read about how he went up onto the mountaintop to pray to be with God. The very next verse, verses 13 to 13, it says, When the morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. And then it goes on to list the 12 disciples. Jesus knew that in this ministry, he couldn't go out and just do it on his own. He needed a band of brothers. He needed that community around him to process things, to help him in the ministry, to encourage each other, to love one another. And so it is for you. You need family, spiritual family around you who will edify you in the faith. If I can be entirely frank for a moment, One of my significant concerns for us as KZMC is the potential of this COVID season to tear us apart from one another. I'm concerned that whenever it is that we get back to whatever normal, the new normal might look like, let's, you know, let's say a year from now, I'm concerned that say a year from now, we're going to end up looking around at one another and saying, good heavens, how did we ever get here? That will be splintered, that will be divided, that will be scattered in every different direction. I'm I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned that we're drifting away from one another and our relationships are being damaged. I know full well that some of the decisions that I've made, some of the the ways in which I've led over the last nine months, um, some of you have not appreciated those. And, And I'm sure you're not surprised to hear me say this, that some of the ways that you... Some of you folks have interacted in a situation I've not been super impressed with. I've been disappointed. I've been discouraged. And, and so in all of our relationships within the church, we're feeling this. We're looking around. We're watching each other. We're saying, good heavens, I can't believe they think that or that they did that. Or why are they saying this, but they don't do this? There's tremendous potential to be judging one another, to be um, gossiping about one another, to be oftentimes we see somebody, somebody do something and, and then we... We, um, we actually make it a matter of their character. So they, they make this decision. We say, well, I can't believe they did this. They're just such a whatever, right? Satan is doing his utmost during this time to pull us away from one another. And there's incredible potential for that to happen. And so I'm asking, will you refuse to drift in this season? It's hard. These are turbulent waters. I'm asking, will you refuse to drift? 
It's so easy just to kind of let that distance grow. It's so easy to judge, to gossip, to look down on each other. And so we have to ask during this time, part of our paddling toward one another, refusing to drift. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 36. It says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Every effort to keep that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Why do you love this church? Is it because everybody thinks the exact same way you do? What is our unity? Is it all of us dealing with COVID in the exact same way? We're going to continue to wrestle through that. We're going to continue to debate, discuss, whatever. Uh, I'm not saying we don't talk about that. We don't do the hard work in that area. But what is the foundation of our unity? It's Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit within us. It's this baptism. It's this faith. That's what holds us together. And so I'm asking you the next time that I piss you off with something that I do, and I'm going to turn this toward myself and challenge myself. The next time one of you do something that pisses me off, it's going to happen. I've got to remind myself, and I ask that you would remind yourself, okay, what is the foundation of this unity? I'm not impressed. That hurt. That was hard. I really disagree with that. Okay. But what's the foundation of the unity? It is our common faith in Jesus and his invitation into this particular local community of faith, this particular church. So I ask that in this area, that you would refuse, refuse to allow us to be pulled away from one another and get paddling toward each other as much as we're able to in the midst of these restrictions. How can we live out the words of Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 to 15? And it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Don't drift. Paddle toward one another. Forgive each other. Love each other. Pray for each other. Paddle toward one another. And then the last dimension that we want to focus on is the out dimension. How do we bless those around us? It's reaching out to other people. In this season, and I've, I've done this, in this season, it's easy to drift in the sense that we hunker down. We say, I'm exhausted. This is challenging. I just want to care for myself and my family and we'll get through this. And we're going to wait till the storm is over. Hunker down. Wait till the storm is over. That's super easy. But... As you hunker down, the very same people that God created and loves deeply are outside your door struggling, not knowing Jesus personally as their Lord and Savior, hurting, discouraged, oppressed, looking for hope. And if you have hope in Jesus in this time of chaos and being unsettled, you cannot keep that to yourself. Jesus lived out this commitment to reaching out to those around him. We read about how he went to pray with the Father on the mountain. We read the very next couple verses about how he gathered the disciples around him. In the very next section, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, it says, He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, 
And the people all tried to touch him because the power was coming from him and healing them all. Who is God asking you to touch in these days? Who is God asking you to reach out? My mind keeps going back to, I love this parable, Matthew 13, the parable of the mustard seed, where it says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's planted. It grows into a surprising tree. And then the birds of the air come and rest and find shade in its branches. The birds of the air. That was lingo that referred to, it was, it was kind of like disguised language that referred to the Roman Empire. The birds of the air. The people from society around, those who were not yet a part of the kingdom of God. And they found blessing. They found blessing. They found peace. They found rest among the people of God. Are we a point of blessing to those around us? In this time, I think our call is not first and foremost to fight for our rights. Our call is not first and foremost to hunker down and make sure we're all okay. Our call as the people of the kingdom of God is to provide blessing, shelter, and rest to those around us. And so I ask, would you not drift? Would you paddle toward those around you who need help? What does that look like during this time? Of course, it's different. You're all so good at um, sending greetings. You're also good at dropping off food. You're also good at lending a hand. There are ways that we can continue to do this. And so I ask, would you refuse to drift in this time, but to paddle toward those who need your help? With all of this, my mind is drawn to the old hymn, Come Thou Fount. And there's the one verse in there, it always gets me because it just so clearly speaks to human nature and what I've experienced. And it says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. It's this call to God to say, God, please hold on to me. Take care of me. Keep me bound to yourself because I've seen it. I find myself straying. I find myself going in different directions and I don't want that to happen. And so may, may we make this. May we make this our prayer together as we refuse to drift. God's not letting go of you. You've placed your faith in Jesus. He's loved you. He's forgiven you. He's made you a part of his family. That's not changing. You're on the lake of God, to put it that way. You're on the lake of God. Nothing can take you away from his grasp. But on that lake, are you going to stay where God is? Paddling to be with him, paddling to be involved in his work, or are you going to gradually drift away till at one point, and maybe it's a year from now, you look around and say, Good heavens, good heavens, I never thought that I could be this far from God. I never thought I could be this divided from his people. I never thought that I could be this absent from his mission on the earth. And so I invite you to keep paddling. While you if you drift, while you drift, Satan is fighting valiantly to tear you further and further away from God. And so it requires effort. God is holding on to us, but he invites us to engage through our own free will to paddle after him. And so actually, as a way of living this out, I'm inviting you to take a pledge. I'm inviting you to take a pledge. This is a pledge for the next three and a half, four weeks up until, well, I guess it's less than, it's three weeks, three weeks, January the 23rd. That is the date that's been set for when um, a possible emergence from this lockdown that we're in right now. Who knows? I, I'm not, I'm not uh, holding on to any complete hope that we're going to emerge for sure at that point. But that's just the marker I'm setting out for you. January the 23rd, I want you to take this pledge with me. And the first pledge, um, the first part of the pledge is, is the up dimension. So number one, I'm asking you to commit 
to daily, to daily spending quiet time with God. 15 minutes. So I'm asking you to commit to taking 15 days daily of quiet time with God. Like I said, I don't care what that looks like. All that matters is that it involves some scripture, some prayer, and some silence before God. So will you take that number one commitment to 15 minutes of daily quiet time with God? Some of you, this is old hat. Some of you have done it at times. Some of you have never done this. But I'm asking you to take that pledge in order to not drift during this time. The second one, the second piece that I'm inviting you to commit to is to commit to once a week to text or to call someone within our church community. Checking in. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? And then when they tell you how you can pray for them, I'm asking you to pledge to pray for them. Don't just say, okay, I'll keep you in my prayers. Pray for them. Write out a text. Say something over the phone. For some of you, again, this is old hat. Others of you, this is really challenging and a huge step of faith. And I'm asking you to take this step of faith. Walking with Jesus isn't easy. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask you to step outside of your comfort zone. So that's the second piece. Commit to once each week over this period to reach out to somebody within the church asking them how you can, how they're doing and how you can pray for them and then praying for them. The third piece, kind of the same thing. I'm asking that once a week, somebody outside of our church body, someone outside of your immediate family, someone around you, a neighbor, a friend from the community, I'm asking that you commit to reaching out once per week. Text them, call them, say, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And then pray for them. Simple as that. It's, it's simple and yet, and yet hard. And, and with this, there may be other ways, tangible, practical ways that you say, this is how I'm going to paddle. This is how I'm going to refuse to drift in the up, the in, the out categories. But this is a pledge that I'm inviting you to. I will pass this along in, uh, in an email, just the three points. So you can have a record of that. If you don't get emails from the church, message me. Uh, you can see it on our church social media platforms. You can find my email address on our website. Uh, message me and ask, hey, could I have those three pledge commitments? So, 15 minutes of quiet time with God. Once a week, reaching out to somebody in the church family. Once a week, reaching out to somebody around us. And in this way, I'm asking you to pledge and to commit to paddling forward. I love, I love this church. It's been a hard season and there's been points of frustration for all of us. But I believe that God is at work among us as a church family. I believe that God wants to do significant work through us. I believe that God wants to carry us on to the next season on the other side of this, using us for His glory. But I'll be frank and say that if we drift, that's not going to happen. If we drift, we're going to get weaker. If we drift, we're going to get farther separated from God, from one another. If we just drift during this season, we'll be limping, limping significantly on the other side of this. And so I'm asking you to refuse to drift, to pick up your paddle and to row in the grace and the mercy of God. He's with you. He'll carry you. He'll sustain you. And I'm asking you to paddle toward God, paddle toward each other and paddle to those around us so that God can continue to nurture us and pour himself out through us. All right, thanks so much for joining us. Again, I want to remind you, we are joining together on Zoom for our worship time. So we just kind of, we see each other face to face. There's a kid story, some prayer together, a bunch of announcements, a few other pieces, but just seeing one another face to face. Um, So we do that on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And again, if you don't have that link, it comes in our weekend reminder email. But if you don't have that, uh, please message us. We'd love to get that in your hands. Thanks for joining me for this time. Uh, Yeah, let's just close with with a word of prayer.
God, it's, it's our heart. And I, I think it's probably the heart of most, if not all, the folks watching this video. We, we don't want to drift. We want to live in light of everything, God, just the, all the goodness that you've given us. We want to hear your voice. We want to be in warm, loving relationships with those around us. God, we want people around us who don't know you to experience your love and your presence through us. God, we want these things. And we confess that we have drifted often. Maybe we're drifting now. We confess that to you and we thank you for your forgiveness. And we ask, Holy Spirit, simply that you would empower us, convict us, propel us forward, um, pick up our arms and help us to row. We want to row back to you, to each other, and to our community. Guide us in this, God. We love you. Thank you for the hope that you've given us in this time. Deliver us, we pray. Come, come, Lord Jesus, into our lives now. Come again, fully and finally one day, to set up your kingdom. We're longing for that. We pray this in the power and the glory of your name, of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.